Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. For the next 28 minutes, I want to talk about this one subject. Don't chase after the wind. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the opportunity to talk about your word. Bless, heal, and deliver in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, don't chase after the wind. Ecclesiastes is a unique book written by a unique person, Solomon. And when you think of Solomon, you think of women automatically. Dude had women. I think he had like six or seven hundred wives, 300 concubines. I don't know how he had that many women. That's over two years worth of women. (laughs) I don't know how he dealt with all of that at one time. I don't know how he divided himself to meet the needs of a thousand women. However, he not only had women, but he had power. He had the three things that men look for around the world on every shelf in every bookstore. Power, money, sex. All three of them Solomon possessed. Solomon was the son of a king. David being his father who had the same ghost with women. His mother, Bathsheba, saw bathing and he wanted her and had a man killed to have her. The baby died. Solomon's name means beloved. His name is Jedediah. And for the most of us that we can agree with him or meet him, his name means second chance. That they got an opportunity to have a child and God loved him from birth. He was loved by many from birth. He was brought into wealth. He was born into wealth. He was the successor of his father's kingdom. His father wasn't wanted. His father was left in the back. Samuel was looking for the next king. He wasn't even an option. They had to go find him. That ghost always been there. The ghost with women always been there. So we see Solomon arrayed in all of his beauty is an amazing man. David doesn't get to build the temple, but he tells him, your son will build the temple. So Solomon is known for constructing an amazing temple. Not only is he known for constructing an amazing temple, he's also known for his architecture. He built the city in an amazing way. He was strong. He was powerful. He was handsome. 
He was sexy. He was what the women wanted, evidently. But he was a good man. God loved him, and he loved God. What's interesting about him is that all God asked him to do was not to deal with foreign women. Don't bring them in here and don't go back down into Egypt. Somewhere during the process of that time of him being king, he runs into a woman named Queen Sheba, a black woman. Sheba is today's modern-day Ethiopia. The Queen of Sheba comes to Israel because she's heard that this dude is one of the wisest people on the earth. So the Queen of Sheba brings a boat with all of her gifts, and she comes into the city, and she says, I just want to ask you four riddles. She asks him four riddles. I won't tell you what the four riddles are. You can read them on your own. But, but as she begins to talk to him about those riddles, every time he answered the question, it blew her mind. It blows her mind so much that the queen decides, I'm going to stay here for six months. The queen stays there for six months, this black, Nubian, Ethiopian queen falls in love with Solomon. The Midrash says that they fell in love and had a kid named Menelik. She was so blown away by how he could answer questions that she said, I want to be a Jew. I want to fall into Judaism. So she starts learning about this God. And while she's learning about this God, there comes time for her to go back. He doesn't want her to go back because he's fallen in love with her. But this is different because those other thousand women were just women that came to meet a particular need. But this was the first woman that he had met that had power like he had, that had money like he had. She didn't need him. But she fell in love with him. She got ready to go, but he did not know that she was pregnant. She went all the way back, found out later that she had a son. This complicated the relationship. Of course, Rehoboam was his son and had to be the worst king in the world in Israel. But then this other kid wants to come meet his father. So he comes back across the sea when he's in his 20s to come meet him. And when he comes to meet him, he's so excited, he wants him to stay and become king. But he does not want to fight for succession because he knows he's going to have to deal with all these other brothers. So why fight you when my mother already has the same kind of power you have? And I can go home and just wait for mama to pass me the power rather than staying here and fighting my brothers that I do not know for power that they don't want me to have. So he leaves. The departure of his son and the departure of the queen of Sheba historically, difference between historically and biblically, historically says that it broke his heart. It broke his heart so bad that when we see him writing later in his life, you see what bitterness does to a man that he begins to say, everything means nothing. That you can have the whole world filthy rich, money, power, and sex, and then turn around and look at everything that you have and say, it means absolutely nothing. 
see him in this text. We see a man that has lived life for years on top of everything. And then he takes this retrospective view and he looks back and he says, life under the sun. It does not matter what you get, what you have. If you don't have God, it means absolutely So he begins to talk about this this under the sun thinker. He talks about being under the sun. Under the sun means that his thinking is limited to this realm. Now, this particular man, we know that he asked God for what? Wisdom. When he has this conversation with with God about wisdom, the Bible tells us in James that if any man wants wisdom, let him what? Ask for it. So he asks for wisdom. That's how you get it. So he asks for it. God gives it to him. God tells him, because you did not ask me for money and because you did not ask me for fame, I'm going to send this with it. So God gives him money. God gives him fame. But then God just tells him, stay out of Egypt and leave those women alone. But somewhere in his walk with God, he decides to disobey God anyway and do what he wants to do. God still keeps his hand on him. That's interesting to me about God. That God will allow you to live through a season where you feel like you're still anointed, where you feel like you still got power, where you feel like you're still the man that is the man above every man. But God has allowed you to see yourself and you've forgotten who you are. Because now your money speaks for you. Now your power speaks for you. And the women speak for you. But there's a man and a woman that's inside of you that is hungering after righteousness, but your flesh is in control. So Solomon is still in power, but he's not in power. Solomon has money, but his soul is not wealthy. Solomon feels like he's in control, but he's out of control psychologically, and he's out of control emotionally, and he's out of control spiritually. You can never judge a book by its cover. So he looks amazing, he sounds amazing, and he's got all of the fruit that is amazing. That's why women, and that's why men, you can't be so turned on because she's fine. You can't be so turned on because he has a good job. You can't be so turned on because she has a good job. But because beneath all of that fine, and beneath all of that money, there could be something inside that's completely snapped. And let me say this to you. You can have everything and have nothing. Chew on that. You can have everything and have nothing. And some of you are sitting next to your nothing right now. That at one point in your life you thought was Some of you are living in your everything, living in, but it's nothing. And if you could change the hands of time, you give him back. I see, I saw a woman to my left do this right here. If you could give the house back, you give it back. If you could give the car back, you give it back. Because at a certain time you made that decision, you weren't all there. You were chasing the wind. The interesting thing about the wind is this, that even if you caught it, you still got nothing. Because it's it's invisible. So to chase the wind 
is a rewriting of our wiring. Because we were born to follow God. God is our creator. God made us. God put himself. We're in the likeness and the image of God. But everything that we do from school to being raised by your parents is to chase the wind. Chase your dreams. Go after destiny. Become a millionaire. In school, you got to graduate. You go to school, you graduate with $90,000 worth of debt and your job only pays you $35,000. You're born to chase the dream, run the football, catch the ball. And then after you've caught the ball and after you catch the football, you caught a bad relationship, you caught an injury, you caught a case, you catch so much stuff that was not taught to you when you were taught to chase and to pursue. We spend more time telling our children how to do algebra and chemistry and calculus and how to do science than we do how to follow God. I'm not saying you don't tell them to follow God. I'm saying we spend more time because that time has been rewritten for you to become something that you have chased Monday through Friday and you've got Saturday off to prepare for the kingdom so you get little talks about God throughout the week but eight hours out of the day we're talking about how to chase our future. We've been rewritten, we've been recoded to become this to become the best, to become a millionaire, to become the greatest pastor, to become the greatest thinker on the planet. And then when all of that fails, the one that we gave the least amount of time to, we have to go to him and find out who we are and go to him and discover what our really dream was from the first place. So I'm... At the close of the revival... He called me, he said, do you want the hand mic or do you want the headset? I said, give me the headset because I didn't come to preach you. I came to challenge your chase that as you go into 2023, even though you want to start the company, even though you want to be married, and even though you want to purchase the house, recode yourself so that you're not chasing the wind. You're tired because this is every day. more hours. I'm going to stay here and work a few more hours. I'm going to stay up tonight just a few more hours. And when you get it, what did you get? And was it worth the chase? Look at somebody and tell them, don't chase the wind. Don't chase. Don't chase the wind. In the text, in the text, I'm trying to move quick as I can. In the text, if you notice in chapter 1, in chapter 1, he talks about this world 
And he starts talking about nature. And he says, everything in the world has its own course. He said, watch it. He says, the water runs to the ocean. But even when it gets to the ocean, the ocean never feels. He says, the wind comes from the south to the north. He doesn't say east and west. He says, from the north and the south, south and the north, only to return to the place where it started. He said, the sun rises, the sun sets, then only to go back to the place where it rose in the first place. He starts talking about nature and how it's on its own course and how it just starts all over again. It reboots itself. But then he says, the only thing that bothers me is you and I because we don't get a chance to reboot. Your chase will kill you. Its chase restarts. Watch it. Because you don't get to reboot, you die, and another seed comes again. Now, this is the issue that he has. He says, I have a problem with this. And the problem is, all of this chasing that I've been doing, all the money that I have acquired, all the property that I have acquired, I will die and leave it to somebody that may just be a fool. I'm so worried about my kids and my kids' kids, but I can't control how they're going to possess what I died to give them. He says, and when I look at that, it's chasing the wind. Because all I have done is going after this and going after that and going after this. I don't get to reboot. I die. And my seed that I raised, they might or they might not handle what I took all of my life. I spent all these days chasing money and chasing women and chasing, chasing every dream and I leave it to somebody who could care less. I came to talk to you about it. He moves into chapter 2. And when he gets into chapter 2, he says, I tried pleasure. And when I tried pleasure, I looked at it at the end of the day. It has a small window that appeases me. But when I'm done with it, it's nothing. Oh, I got one question to ask you and don't look at the person sitting next to you. <laughs> Did you cut covenant with pleasure? Are you dating somebody right now because they felt good? Did you put a ring on it? Because of how it jiggled when it walked by you. Oh, you laughing, but you know I'm talking to you. Did the scent of Victoria's Secret draw you in the pleasure? And you cut covenant with it, but now you hate that you did. I don't want this, but I can't tell. 
tell her I don't want it. And I can't tell him I don't want him. And here I am going into another year with somebody that I don't even like. Chasing the wind. I'll take you out for a day on Thursday night, but I hate you. Chasing the wind will take pictures for social media so people know that I'm with you. Chasing the wind. I'll act like I like my job. I'll show up and smile and I'll wave at everybody. But the truth is I can't stand you. The truth is I don't like you. The truth is I wish I wasn't here. But I don't have anything else to go to. So I'll chase the wind. Oh, I'm in here today. I'm in here today. I'm in this building today because I came to set you free from chasing the wind. Repeat after me. You don't have to chase. Oh, let's say it this way. I don't have to chase what I already have. God's saying, you don't have to chase me if you already got me. Seek the Lord while he may be. The only reason you're seeking him is because you, you haven't what? So when you find him, you no longer have to seek him because where, what is he doing? He's living in you. So my job is to figure out how to pull myself from chasing the wind because chasing the wind has become normal. Chasing the wind is what identifies you as a hustler. It identifies you as a go-getter. It identifies you as somebody that's a mogul. But let me tell you something. You can be a mogul when God sits in you and directs your pathways. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing in here today. Because here's the deal. Some of you got to be delivered from the chase. The chase is an appetite. The chase, you, 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 you wake up chasing. You go to bed chasing. You're, you're having strategies on how to chase. But what I have learned in the last two years since I made a critical move in my life is to find out what God wants. It's so basic, but so hard to do. Because sometimes God won't move. Sometimes God will just tell you to sit there and wait on me. Because what is God trying to do? God's trying to break off your appetite to move between every wave and every doctrine and every wind that blows by you. You would have more money if you didn't try that idea. You'd have more friends if you kept trying to lure them. You'd have more people that want to participate with you if you would sit and wait on God. But you're antsy, and you've been born to chase the wind, and I just don't want to stay still, so I got to get busy. And you get busy for two years, and you leave, and you go do something else for the next two years. And in the last 10 years, you've moved four times. You've had five different jobs and three different boyfriends, four different girls. You haven't figured it out yet because you're still chasing I know I'm talking good in here right now. So, 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 check it out. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were trying to get to the promised land, 
Bible says that there was this cloud that used to settle over them. They didn't chase that cloud. They had to wait on the cloud. They had to follow the cloud. And the Bible says that he would settle over the tent. Sometimes the tent, sometimes the cloud would be over the tent for a day. Sometimes it would be there for a month. They never knew how long the cloud would be there. But their job was to learn how to wait on the signal, wait on the Lord. And God was training them. They never had an announcement, we're going to be here a day. Nobody ever told him, we're going to be here three months and then we're going to leave. Nobody said you got one year to do time here. He didn't do any of that. Part of your problem is you need God to give you specifics, and he's not going to do it. What God's trying to do is tame you to understand how to follow him on a whim. I wish I had a witness in here. You've got to learn how to stop if God says stop. You've got to learn how to go if God says go. But because you're more connected to what you chased, you give it more worship than you do God. Some of you, God told you to leave a long time ago. Some of you, God told you to go a long time ago, but you're waiting on somebody else to make sure God was right. Oh, I know I'm talking good. I know I'm talking good. Oh, I know I'm talking good. God told you, but you need somebody to reassure you that God was right. So your chase has been predicated off of who you're comfortable with. I think you should go. You think I should go, girl? You should go. I think you should go. You think I should go, man? I think you should go, man. I'm going. God told you to go a year ago. And now when you go, you upset because you felt like you missed the window. You missed God. You did. I told you to go a year ago. I'm talking good right now. He says, I want you to learn how to Follow me. Because what I'm trying to teach you is that one thing can become the thing that takes care of everything. But you got to learn how to have the faith in God to wait on the right time for the one thing. One thing. One sermon can turn into a book. One book can turn into a movie. One movie can turn into a play. One play can turn into a series. One series can turn into a revival. One revival can turn into a conference. One conference can turn into mentorship. Mentorship can turn into a big deal. But you got to have the faith to wait on God and quit trying to chase every idea. You don't even have time for your family because you're chasing the wind. He makes this statement. He makes this statement. He says, There's nothing new on this sun. It bothered me because I've seen a lot of new things. Some say, So, what are you talking about? There's nothing new. In essence, mankind will always create something that looks like something. Every few years. It's not really new. It's, it's just a 2.0 of something that's already. But you got to wait till you get over your 40s to see that. I didn't see that till I got in my 40s. 
See, when I was, when I was a teenager, my brother, he used to wear, and I'm talking, about, I'm talking about 13, the beginning, coming out of 12. My brother would wear a herringbone necklace. And I thought that was so dope. Well, by the time I got where my mom would actually give us a necklace, they were wearing ropes. So I had a nice little rope. Well, I got kids now that's in their 20s. They're walking around with gold, flat, herringbone chains. I'm like, what are you talking about? We was wearing them. My brother was wearing them. We were breakdancing in the garage. So now that I've gotten 40, I understand that there's nothing new. I'm, you have to live long enough. But what Satan will do is try to get you to know everything when you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're chasing everything when you just need to wait and follow God and God will walk you into a season that's already got a pathway. I wish I had a witness here. You're trying to build. You're trying to, trying to make trails that you don't have to make. Am I making sense? So you're burning the gas Chasing when God says, there may not be a new thing, but this was got me when I looked at the revelations. He said, but I'm making all things. <laughs> I wish I had a witness here. He says, I'm what? I'm making. So that means God can take what was already made and make it again and give it a new twist and make it new. While you out here trying to do something new, God said, give me something that's already done. I'll make it new for you. I wish I had a witness in here. You don't have to chase the wind to find something new. You can use what's already in the earth and I'll make it new through you. Fresh revelation, fresh vision, fresh eyes, fresh power, fresh strategy. But you can't do that if you're tired. Chasing the wind. Who in shape in here? Give me one person that's in shape. Now nobody in shape. <laughs> oh, you mean to tell me not one person in this church is in shape? Come here, shape man. We about to come. Come on, he in shape. He look like he in shape. Come on. <laughs> he come up out here like this. I'm in shape. I mean, the legs coming out and everything. <laughs> hop on there. Hop on stage and shake. Y'all say, get up there in shape. In shape, I want you to jump up and down 50 times. 50. Go ahead. I mean, all the way up as high as you can. Go. No, I said as high as you can. Woo, he doing good, y'all. What number you on? Look at his face. Look at him.
Come on over here with me. Come on, brother. Come on over here, brother. Y'all give him some water. And then, uh, come on over here. No, 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 no. I'm right here to your left. Yeah, come on over here. Come on. You're doing real good. Can I have a microphone? Can I have a mic? Come on, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on over here. Well, you did good. And then I'm going to give you $100 for doing that too, okay? Talk to me. No, don't wait. Talk right now. How you feel? I got a good pump. Yeah, yeah, but, but you tired, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you tired. Now, they were cheering you on, wasn't they? Yes, sir. That cheer felt good. It did, yeah. Yeah, it did. Y'all hear how you talking? <laughs> this is how you are when you're chasing the wind. The cheering sounded good, but it don't help your fatigue. Everything that you did felt good, but it didn't do nothing for these legs, and it didn't do nothing for these lungs. And now he's so tired, he didn't even know where I was when I called his name. <laughs> That's how you are. When you try to run your own race and God's calling you, you don't know if it's God. You don't know where God is. You don't know what God is saying. You're just tired because you've been chasing the wind. And I came in here today to North Carolina to free you from the applause of people making you feel like you've accomplished something because you're chasing the wind. Y'all did exactly what I thought you were going to do. You got pumped up. But you know what? When you're going through them, pumps don't mean jack. Because the same people that's pumping going to be the same people that walk out the door if you make a mistake. When you commit suicide or kill yourself or kill the company, they're not going to cheer. Sit on down. No, you stay up here. You did such a good job. How your legs feel? Uh, they feel like I got blood in them, but I'll be all right. <laughs> You're doing good because you're in front of the church. <laughs> really, if I was at home by myself, I'd be on my knees and say, Lord, please recover me. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm a fitness fanatic, and so I'll go to the gym and put some hours in, and God is like, man, you know you should be doing 30 minutes, so you want to do an hour, you're going to have to deal with the punishment in the morning. So a couple times I worked out so hard, I couldn't walk in the morning. It's like, man, look, Caleb. You couldn't what? I couldn't walk in the morning. When you chase, the next day becomes difficult, doesn't it? You were not designed to toil. I'm out of time, so I'm going to give this to you and I'm through. When Jesus meets the disciples, they're fishing. The Bible says that they have been toiling, chasing the wind. One word changed everything. Launch back out. We've been out here fishing all night, Jesus. What you talking about? Go on back out there. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. Throw the net on the right side. Throw the net where? 
They throw the net on the right side. They catch so much fish, it's breaking their net. They got to call people over because they're no longer chasing the wind. They're following direction. That's all I came to talk to you about. If you learn to follow the direction, the one thing, the one fishing, the one moment turned into a moment that not only took care of their boat, it took care of the people that came with them. One thing can turn into the thing that takes care of everything. Somebody say, I will not chase the wind in 2023. I needed him to do that so you could see it, and I'm letting him recover. Had I let him, and this is, this is real talk because I'm a trainer. Had I let him walk at that moment, it wasn't good for him. You got to be careful with people who come in your life to keep pushing you to do stuff. And they never give you time to recover from what you just came out of. Get back out there, girl. Get back out there, man. No, let me cry. Let me get this off of me. Let me explode in the private room. Let me cuss everybody out in the house first. So when I don't get to the job, I cuss them out and lose my job and lose who I am. Let me get all of this out of me in here. Let me lose it here so I don't lose it. That's a real friend. It takes your hand and says, now you feel better? You feel a little bit better? And he was honest with me, he said, a little bit. Because let me tell you, what he just did was hard. Y'all give, give him a hand as he go back to his seat. Thank you. He hurt me. He ain't come to church to do that mess. Now he, now he done took over the whole service. Go sit down. My God. <laughs> he all the way be here. You in church. <laughs> hey, man, watch the service. I was up there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the end of the day, I want to make sure you're getting the point. When he says meaningless, he's saying that there is nothing under this sun that's worth going after if God isn't in it. He said, it is the only thing that's going to last. Everything else runs its course and it's meaningless. All of you that are under the age of 34, stand up. Now, watch this. We're getting ready to go, but I want you to, I want, the reason I'm asking you to stand up is because there was a study done on your age bracket. They did a study on America with a sample size of about, I think, 7,000, just to get an idea of the percentage. This age bracket 
was the largest percentage that didn't understand their meaning in life. The 35 to 50 had just started to figure it out. 50 up, they're established in their meaning, who they are and what, what, what they mean to God and what God means to them. Those of you that are standing up in this room right now at this age bracket, you're making money, you're in school, or you're not making money and you're trying to figure it out. You need to connect with people who have meaning so that you don't live 20 years not knowing who you are. Because when you don't know who you are, you will chase the wind to find out. And by the time you turn 50, you'll be mad at yourself because you let 25 years, 20 years go by where you could have been running strong with the one idea that God gave you that turned into a multi-billion dollar business. Not only that, that you actually know who God is and what he means in your life. I came for you because I was you. I'm 44, and I just figured it out last year. On a national stage, I said it. And people were saying to me, man, you're preaching for Bishop D.D. Jakes. He's got you all over the world. You're in movies and still don't know who I am. What, who cares? <laughs> Finding your meaning is almost harder than making money. You can make money and not know who you are. You can make money and don't know what you mean to your parents. You can make money and don't know what you mean to yourself. My message is for you. Don't chase the wind. As you go into this season, have some conversations, some real conversations with some real people that love God and find out who you are and what you mean to your family and what you mean to your own future. The rest of you that are sitting, will you stand and turn your hands toward them? We're going to pray for them. We're going to leave. Someone that's standing around you, will you just point your hands at them? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this age bracket in the greatest season of their life. And as they move into destiny, they know what the meaning is, who they are. It's not enough to make six figures, seven figures, and not know what I mean to me or mean to God or to my spouse or to my children. I want to know my meaning. Lord, I want to know what I mean to you. I want to go into this season with meaning, purpose, power. I don't want to just have the money and the career. I don't want to just be on television. None of that's going to stop suicide. None of that's going to stop depression. None of that's 
going to relieve self-doubt. I need you, and I want to know what you are in my life. As I move into this season, I want to move in it with confidence, and I want to move with courage. I want to move in the knowing that I know who I am, and that who I am will define my chase. I'm not chasing stuff that's beneath me anymore. I'm not chasing something just because it's fine. I'm not chasing something just because it looks good. I'm not chasing something just because it can take me somewhere. I want meaning this year. And I'm not connecting with anybody that don't have meaning. I give you glory and I give you praise in Jesus' name. If you believe what you just prayed, Will you clap your hands, give God glory? Come on. While you're standing, if there's anybody here in this building before we go, if you're not saved, he's not your Lord. That means you're not, you haven't checked with him to do anything. You just do what you want to do. Today's a great day to get saved. There's no reason to be ashamed about it and give my life to Christ. If you're not a member of World Overcomers and you want to become a member of a Bible teaching church that has a pastor that cares for his people and a staff that cares for his people, today's the perfect opportunity. If you're in this room and you're not saved or you're not a member of this church and you want to be, raise your hand right now. I want to see you. You're in here right now. You're not saved. You're not saved. I want to see you. If you're not saved, you say, I want to be saved. I want to be a member. If you have your hand raised, would you come right here where I am? Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Y'all make them feel good. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. God bless you. Come on, sir. Come on. Come on, sir. How you doing, ma'am? Come on. Come on. Come on. How are you? God bless you. How are you? God bless you. Anybody else? I want you to come right here right now. Come, 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 come. You're not saved. You're not a member of this church, and you want to make that decision. One of the two. I want you to come. Y'all keep clapping for them. Encourage them. Wherever you are, come, come, come. This is the greatest decision that you can make. They're coming. Come on. Come on here. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, people. Come on, people. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come, come, come. If you're here, come on if you're here. Come, 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 come. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Come on. Can y'all give a stronger clap than that? Come on. Wherever you are, I want you to come. We're going to leave together. I don't know where you are. I don't know the protocol where y'all have a room you take them to. I want y'all to clap your hands as these new converts and new members that become a part of the family. 
Come on, make them feel good. Right to my right. Here's another one. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Make them feel good, church. Come on. many people in this room right now that will sow a $60 seed into your church. I want you to sow a $60 seed into your church. If you're online, we want you to join in with us. Uh, sow a $60 seed into this ministry right now. For some of you, $60 is nothing. And you can go with me with a $100 seed. I'm going to sow a hundred. We're going to sow our seed. If you need an envelope, I'm sure we have ministry technicians that will assist you. You raise your hand, they'll give you that seed. But if you're going to give it through text to give, the information is on the screen, and I want you to get $60 and sow it into this ministry. You're sowing seed for direction because you're no longer going to chase the wind. We're not just going to run aimlessly. We're going to run with directions. We're going to run because we know God has something in store for us. And the one thing is going to be the thing that takes care of what? Everything. We're not going to have to run out of 15 things because the one thing is going to turn into that. Because you're going to be focused going into 2023. I feel all right in here today. Y'all feel all right? Once you get your seed in your hand, shout it. I got it. Some of you still getting it, so we're going to let you get with us. Don't you get your seed in your hand. When you get that seed in your hand, somebody shout, I got it. Father, we thank you that you have given us seed to sow. And we're sowing into the kingdom of God. We believe that we're stepping into one of the greatest seasons of our life. That we're not going to have to run all the way around the world, but because we have sought you first, you'll bring the world to us. And we thank you for everything that you have done. And we thank you for what you're getting ready to do. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Love you, world overcomers. Thank you for this opportunity. Would you just remain where you are as the buckets pass you? Praise team is just going to give us a song as the buckets pass you. Just remain where you are. We'll leave together here in a, just a minute. They're going to give us a song. But just remain where you are. Just give the buckets a chance to move. And then we will be able to head out together. How many of you all enjoyed Bishop Tudman this morning? Wow. Wow. Did you really enjoy him? Did you really enjoy him? That's good. I pray that you've been strengthened in our winter revival. God has been faithful to us. Every week, we've had an amazing speaker. God loves us, world overcomers. God loves us so much that he does not leave us to a place of starvation, but he makes sure that our spirits are always fed well. Thank God for our senior pastor, Pastor Andy. Let's thank God for him. Thank God for our senior pastor. Takes a lot of faith to do what he did. 
to be off of his pulpit for the last five weeks. And World Overcomers, you are an amazing church. We have not missed a beat. We have not missed a beat. It's been wonderful. Everything has worked out well. Listen, I got up to let you know that I appreciate all of you. And I want you to prepare for your new as we end 2023. The word has come to prick our hearts and get us ready. So I pray you take this next couple of weeks. We'll be here on Sunday for the Christmas experience. I encourage you to get here early. Bring your children. This is a family affair. Bring your family members that will be visiting from out of town. Get here. The doors will open at about 9.30 next Sunday. You want to get here. We'll have hot chocolate stations. Black Santa will be in the lobby. The train will be going around for our children. We want you to bring everybody, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. There are, there are 513 of you that I see visible online. Make your way, if you are local, to World Overcomers Christian Church next Sunday, 2933 South Miami Boulevard, Durham, North Carolina, 27703. Make your way here next Sunday and be a part of this experience. I pray that you've all enjoyed. Christmas experience is going to be second to none, y'all. I'm telling you, you want to get here next Sunday. Then you don't want to forget New Year's Eve. Now, if you made a decision and you were saved today, if you did not come up and you made a decision, register and be baptized on New Year's Eve. I'm telling you. Or if you know what, if you're saying, you know what, I've strayed away a little bit and I need to redo this. I need to rededicate. We want to cheer you on as you step into a new direction for 2023. So register. I'm going to encourage you, register. There's no limit to how many times you can be baptized. There, it really isn't. There's not a limit. So if you said, you know what, I was raised this way, but I strayed away. I knew this, but I did something different. Well, if you want to come back and be in this new way, the water, representing the watery grave, that means everything dead going to stay. And when you get up, you'll be clean. Why don't you make sure that you register today? You can do it online. You can stop at the Connect Station. First time guests, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we're not normally this long. I promise you, usually our pastor has us out by 12 o'clock. However, the Spirit does move. We don't quench him here. Stop at the new members' connection desk outside. We have a gift for you, and we want to say thank you so much for being with us today. All right? We love you all, and we'll see you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your faithful towards, faithfulness towards us. God, you've done so many things new in us this morning. You've done things. You've renewed our spirits. You've stirred our faith. And you've given us knowledge of what to chase. God, help us to stop chasing the wind, but to chase your will and your purpose for our lives. God, every relationship that was in this room this morning, God, let there be strength. Let there be health. Let there be healing. Let there be joy. God, those that are watching online who are going through some very tumultuous times and some challenging times, God, we declare new today. We declare fresh start today. We declare a do-over today that will go into 2023 healed. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it now. We declare it done. In Jesus' name. Hug somebody, fist some, bump, bump somebody, tell them it's good to be here with you today. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. 
visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.